In Acts 20, 27, Paul is about to leave and he says something very interesting. I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. There can be a shrinking feeling for anyone who's called to declare the whole counsel of God, not just the bits that people find acceptable. Likewise, for those who hear. This is why I say that when the truth first comes, it's almost always negatively received. We don't like it and we rise up against it. For instance, someone was offended recently when I said there was no second chance after death. They'd lost a loved one and they wanted to think that the person had another chance. Sad, but no matter what you might like to think and comfort yourself with, there is no opportunity to change our mind about Jesus after death. And the scripture is clear. It is appointed for man once to die and after this the judgment. We do not like being faced up with the truth of our behaviours and what we're involved in or having our belief systems challenged. The word when it comes by the Spirit has a way of cutting through all our carefully constructed defence mechanisms and rendering us as naked as the day that we were born. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It's at this point we have a choice. To make that mid-course correction and keep our momentum going or stay where we are. For this person, the boom hit them on the head and messed with it. They went over the side of the boat. We began by talking about majesty. And it's time we reminded ourselves that when Jesus comes again, it will not be as a helpless babe in a manger, but as the conquering hero, the warrior king, to separate his sheep from the goats and to take control over his kingdom once and for all. It's time we stop making excuses for him and softening what he says. This is his time and his season. As he presents himself to his church, this bride in these days, she'll find herself unable to resist his advances. She will come to the place described in Revelation twenty-two seventeen. The spirit and the bride say, come. This is showing us that the bride has become mature enough to desire him and to cry out for his coming. It shows us too that the Holy Spirit's work is complete in her, so in unity they cry, come. His response, Revelation twenty two twenty, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. We've got a bit of a way to go before we united with him in crying for his return and longing for his appearing. We need to put our running shoes on and narrow the gap between where he stands and where we are right now. And I will not shrink from proclaiming to you the whole counsel of God, which may mean we have to brush up on our sailing skills and learn how to duck as that boom swings over our heads, or it will really get messed with. When I really begin to get into the teaching, the Sermon on the Mount, as Jesus intended, it will mess with your head and your heart and probably your pocketbook and your time as well. But it's all good. I just felt I should remind you of these two things. His majesty and his ability to mess with your head. See you tomorrow then.